I leave that shower and I feel unstoppable. And I feel like it gives me capacity to handle stress in other areas of my life because it reinforces the idea that it's not about what's happening to me. It is how I am choosing to respond to what's happening to me. Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I'm joined by a very special guest today. uh, And I'm just, I'm so excited that she's here with us. I have been a big fan for a very long time. And if it wasn't for her her Instagram posts, I probably wouldn't be motivated to do much of anything <laughs> except except lay in bed. Uh, but I see I see her posts and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna do these squats right now, or I'm gonna I'm gonna do these like these push-up things that she's doing and I'm gonna modify and I'm really motivated to do it. And so I, I really appreciate that among other things, but everybody let's welcome Melissa Urban on the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Remember my motivation posts are not for you or about you. They're just how I am choosing to navigate this pandemic. I understand (laughs) that I do, but I also feel like maybe it's because you are doing that, that it's so inspiring. I honestly, I always find people that are not trying to inspire the most inspiring I get it. You know? Yeah. Because it's like anybody that's like, oh, today you're going to do 50 jump squat. Let's do it. Like, it doesn't matter that you feel like shit. Get up. And you're going to, and some people really respond to that. I don't. I'm yeah. not that person. I'm like, if I see you really getting something out of it, it motivates me to do it. I'm more inclined to do something that somebody is genuinely doing for their own good, you know? Yeah. I do. And if you're real about it, because if you're watching my Instagram stories, some days I'm like really getting after it. And then other days I'm like, I just like laid on the couch for an hour and cried. And then I watched three hours of Netflix. And then I, you know, I'm actually like sharing what's happening and it's not all squats and burpees and art projects all the time, like far from it. Yeah. I mean, for you, how has it been? Obviously, I don't want to say obviously, but we're listening to this right now and most of the world is in dealing with this pandemic and we are in the U.S. dealing with cities being quarantined and currently most of the people I know are all still in quarantine. So how are you, how have you been dealing the last couple of weeks? I mean, for us, it's been a month here in L.A., how long has it been for, for you guys? It's been over a month. We um, started to self-quarantine right around March 10th before Utah, like, and Utah has been pretty lax in its recommendations. Mm-hmm. The governor's like, stay at home mostly if you feel like it, please. And there's no, like, it's not as strict as what California is, but my family chose to do that really, really early. So it's been over a month. 
it's like very up and down. Some days are really, really normal. And I feel like I should also just before I even start, like point out all of my privilege in this instance, which is I already work from home. My entire team is already remote. The bulk of our work is already online. So our business and our day to day hasn't really changed that much. So I'm super lucky in that. You know, I also have a son who's home from school, but his father and I are sharing custody still. We are both self, you know, kind of self-isolating in our own homes because it's in the kid's best interest to spend time with both sets of parents. So I have him for a week and I have a week off. So there is definitely a lot of like privilege that I have in this area. But if I'm home, I find I'm pretty good. Like I get my work done. I'm instead of going to the gym, I'm going outside to my cold, dirty garage and getting my workout in because that morning routine is really important to me. But I feel like every five days or so, I get this like overwhelming, not anxiety, but just like grief where I'm like, mm. I miss the gym. I miss my friends. I miss hugs. I miss being able to just go to Target and not be super anxious because grocery stores and like, you know, public places are very anxiety promoting, even if I didn't feel anxious everyone's in their masks. You can't see anyone smile. People are being really weird. Observing people's hoarding behavior early on really spun me out. So I feel like I do really well. And then every five days I have like a breakdown where I am acknowledging how much things suck while also holding on to my gratitude, like one in each hand. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel, I feel you. I, I get it because we could be in our own bubble, you know, and not realize the current state. And, and I feel like that really affects our perception of what is actually happening when you do go out, like we go to the grocery store and we have to like get all kitted out and put, you know, the mask on and be extremely aware of social distancing. And it, it does create this level of anxiety and it's not really easy to go out and and navigate the world. And I, and I have to think, there's a lot of people out there who already had a hard time navigating the world to begin with, you yes. know? Yes. Um, I think I see, fr- I have, I have suffered with mental health, not suffered with, I have, have also had me- mental mm-hmm. health issues off and on. Um, I battled some depression off and on. My partner has been very vocal in talking about his depression and for people who have depression and anxiety in my circle, like this just fuels the fire. You're socially isolated. You don't have your normal support system. You can't go, you know, it's not as simple as just going out for a drive or taking a road trip and camping for the weekend. Um, it's It's been really challenging for like a number of people in so many different ways. I think we're still like learning how this is going to challenge us now and going forward. Yeah. You know, you're very uh, vocal about sharing, you know, your journey th- through recovery and being able to just be really honest about your struggles and the things that you've gone through and are going through. And I'm actually curious, I want to, I want to see if you'll elaborate a little bit on the importance of ritual because you, you have this consistent practice that you do every day. And I know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast, this is like one of the main things that people Uh, love to learn about and love to try and incorporate, but especially right now, I feel like it's such, it's so important to be on some sort of routine, some sort of ritual, because I feel like it really establishes a a deep level of grounding. And so I'm, I'm curious for you, you know, I know that you said you were already used to being To me, it's the same, right? Because it's like when you realize that your regular life is like quarantine life, it's the same for me. Like it's not really changed much aside from I'm not traveling as much as I normally do, but yeah. 
you know, for people that aren't used to being at home, for people that are wanting to still focus on their mental health or their physical health, and they're not, they're having a hard time finding that routine or, or that ritual, like for you, how, how has the process been? And what do you do in those moments that you just don't feel like doing any of it? Yeah. So I have, I bookend my day with routines. I have a morning routine and I have a pre-bed routine and I have discovered, and they've been in, my morning routine has been in place for like, I don't know, a decade. And I have discovered that as long as I have those two things, the middle of my day can be a complete shit show and I'm okay because I started the day on my terms and I ended the day on my terms. So I have a lot more flexibility in the middle of my day if things go sideways to like self-regulate on either end. And so my morning routine has remained largely the same, even though it looks a little bit different. I wake up, I make my bed, I take a cold shower and I exercise. And it used to mean going to the gym or going for a hike or going to a yoga class. And now it means just like setting my kid up on his iPad and going out into my filthy, chilly garage. Like the other morning, it was 32 degrees out there. And I throw my yoga mat and I roll open the door and I just like get something done. It's not necessarily about the workout and checking the boxes of the exercises. It's that I showed up that morning. I am a person who exercises in the morning and I showed up to do it that day. And then I come in and I drink my decaf coffee or mud water or whatever, spend time with my son, and then I start my day. So as long as I do that in the morning and bookend my evening with quiet, no phone, wind down, read a book time, like I'm good. And I have found that maintaining those definitely helps my mental health. My cold shower in the morning is better than any cup of coffee, better than any antidepressant I was ever on. It is like an instant mood and energy elevator for me. Um, and I'm so glad I found that hack a couple months ago and I've been incorporating it. Yeah. Tell us more about this. So I, I, for a while was doing that and then I just stopped and, and I, I've been called to do it again, but can you, the people that are listening that have no idea what the purpose of a cold shower is, can you, can you tell us a little bit more? It's so, it's so funny. I had also been called to do it. And like, you know, when the universe pushes and pushes and like throws things in front of you, like, Hey, Hey, here's another person talking about it. And here's a book that you didn't realize would be talking about it. And you're just like, no, thanks God. I'm all set. And then God gets like really pushy about it. That was basically what happened. It was in January. I had just come back from book tour before all of the pandemic stuff started. I was sicker than I have ever been in my life. My concussion symptoms were flaring harder than they had ever been. And I was like desperate. I mean, I was at my wit's end. I was not able to function or focus. And once again, God served up this idea of cold therapy, not only for the immune system and the immune boosting capabilities, for stress relief, for energy, but like the idea that navigating something challenging, right? It is uncomfortable to get into a, and when I say cold, I mean as cold as my shower goes, and I live in Utah in the winter, navigating this like stressful situation and forcing yourself to be calm in a moment where your body just wants to panic. Like I leave that shower and I feel unstoppable. And I feel like it gives me capacity to handle stress in other areas of my life because it reinforces the idea that it's not about what's happening to me. It is how I am choosing to respond to what's happening to me. Mm. So I decided, cause I am a very like black or white on or off. I love these kind of self experiments. I decided that I was gonna do a cold shower every day for 30 days, like come hell or high water, there was a cold shower. And I started off making it hot and getting nice and warm and then turning it really cold for 30 seconds. And I gradually grew to like a minute to two or three minutes. 
until now I basically get in like a cold shower and I stay there for eight, eight, eight minutes. It's essentially two Ed Sheeran songs. And I wash my body and I like it, the water's going everywhere. And that's it. When Ed Sheeran is done singing his two songs, I get out and I start my day. <laughs> that I know. But you know, I picked Ed Sheeran because I found out through, okay, so the holistic therapist, the um, holistic psychologist, yeah. right? Nicola Para talks about how stimulating the vagus nerve with humming or singing is a really good stress reducing practice. And I thought, I get into this cold shower and your instinct is to gasp because there's mm -hmm. like, <gasps> and breathe shallow. If I started singing in the shower, it would send a signal to my brain that like, no, you're actually totally fine. And it would stimulate that vagus nerve. So I started singing to Ed Sheeran and now he's just my shower buddy. <laughs> wow. That is really, that's a really cool hack. I, you know, and I know that it improves your immune system. It, it, uh, helps your cells regenerate it. There's so many different, uh, you know, good qualities about doing that and, and to do it consistently. I mean, I think that that's amazing. You're the sixth person that's talked about it. That's why I'm like, oh, I'm being called to, to go back and, and to do it. Uh, but it's that thing about the discomfort of it, right? I mean, we can just talk about discomfort because you're thinking, once you do something that's uncomfortable for a consistent amount of time, you know, where you're trying to overcome a negative thought pattern or an obstacle or something, in yoga, we learned that there's always going to be a level of attachment to whatever said thing is, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, there's always going to be a level of attachment, right? And so when we can establish a good routine and overcome that, that fear of that expectation or of what you're going to do, then it makes it easier, right? You develop that neurological pathway where you're consistently going and, and doing it over and over. And, um, but it's that anticipation of the, I, when you're talking about it and everybody that's listening can, can, feel what you're saying, that cold that hits you where you're just like, ah, ah, you can't, and you can't breathe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's intense, but I'm, uh, I'm going to do it. That's really the only thing I'm, I'm going to say. I'm going to do it because I think that uh, it's, you know, it's calling to me and I, I think it would be really cool to just go back to do it. And you waste less water, obviously, showering because yeah. you, you try to be a little bit more efficient, but I feel like it, for when I was doing it consistently, it really just made me feel a lot stronger throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really good now. I turn it to that super cold spray and I don't gasp. I don't have like a moment of anything. It just, it eventually starts feeling warm and I get out of the shower and I'm, like I said, I'm so energized. It is better than caffeine. And I don't even do caffeine because it leaves me super jittery. So it's like all the benefits with none of the negatives. I've been doing it for about two and a half months now and I love it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, TB, TBD or TBA yeah. listeners, yeah. We'll, we'll come back to this. So I, I want to shift a little bit and talk about um, support. And I want to talk about it just in terms of people that are in recovery or people that are, you know, really struggle, struggling with depression or anxiety right now. And I feel like social media has been such a I don't want to say saving grace, but it's been a, a great asset to connection for a lot of people that live alone and they don't have anybody else in their lives or they're feeling like they, that's the only way that they can connect with their friends. But I want to speak to that, that 
portion of this community that doesn't really love being on social media, that is maybe struggling with feeling the support of their community or their family because they're alone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to speak to that a little bit because I think it's really important, you know, the difference between being alone and loneliness, you know? Yeah, and I, there and is. I, I feel like you, you've talked about this and I, I'm, I'm hoping that you can elaborate and maybe just give us some, some support or different things that we can do. Yeah. To feel. You know, I have 20 years in recovery from my drug addiction at this point, but, and, and so I don't really get triggers. I don't feel ever like I'm on the precipice of using, but this pandemic has brought me closer to my addiction than I have been in a really long time. And I think the trigger for me is that this is a scenario in which I would have used. Like it's, this is so scary and so different and so unknown and so anxiety producing. And I'm so isolated compared to how I live my normal life that like this would have been a trigger for me using. And so it's something that I'm thinking about quite often. And I'm having to be a little bit careful about the movies I consume and the books that I read because I do find I'm a little more fragile in that area. If I'm feeling like that with 20 years of recovery under my belt, it's really, really hard for people who are newer to recovery. And these behaviors in general, any sort of compulsive or addictive behavior thrives in secret. And when we are all home, many of us living by ourselves with no one to see what we're doing, no one to be accountable to because we're not going to meetings, we're not going to work every single day, the temptation, I think, can be really overwhelming. So, you know, leaning on that virtual support group I think is so incredibly huge. One of the biggest tricks that I used with myself when I was very early on in recovery was this concept of telling on myself that like I knew that there would be moments where I would be feeling really weak. I'd be feeling really tempted. I would have really bad cravings. I would be on the precipice of making a bad decision. And I had some friends and some support system people kind of primed for that. And I, my sister, my friend James, and I would say, if I ever call you and like try to convince you that it's okay that I smoke pot with you or that I have a beer and it's not a big deal, I need you to like call me on my shit and then immediately call like my mom or my therapist and tell them that I'm not okay. Like it will never be okay for me to engage in that behavior. And if I ever try to convince you that it is, you need to seek help for me because I'm not in a good place. And I used that quite often early on where I would just call my sister and say, like, I don't feel good, or I'm at a house and there are drugs here, and like, I'm scared, or um, I'm babysitting for a couple and they have painkillers in their medicine cabinet because I looked, because I always look still. And just the idea of getting my urges out into the open, they lost a lot of their power because I spoke them out loud. I recognized in the speaking that it wasn't really what I wanted to do. It was like my old urges, my old desires, my old triggers, but it wasn't who I was in that moment. And now I had support. Now I had someone who was like looking out for me, whether I liked it or not, who was going to call and check up on me tomorrow, whether I wanted them to or not. And that accountability made a big difference. So I think reaching out and like speaking these fears or insecurities or triggers to someone can be incredibly powerful, even if you're not seeing them in person. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's really, that's extremely powerful. You're bringing it out of yourself and, and into the world so that it could be dissipated or dissolved. I think that's really brilliant. I've actually yeah. never heard it 
said like that. So thank you for saying that. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people like us. We get to explore new skills, deepen our existing passions, and get lost in the world of creativity. And I can't think of a better time than now to be able to do that. Now, I'm not saying we have to leave this quarantine having learned a new language or a new skill. What I'm saying is that now more than ever is an important time to connect with our creative community. Skillshare offers creative classes designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. It's always going to be the right time to stay inspired. It's always going to be the right time to be able to express yourself. And it's always going to be the right time to connect with a community of millions of like-minded people. Currently, I'm taking the Everyday Minimalism, Find Calm and Creativity in Living Simply, taught by Erin Boyle. I've learned so much about creating a calm space. Now, for me, it's essential to create that space because I want my creativity to continue to flow easily and freely. And I love this about Skillshare. This is a membership with meaning. Skillshare believes in cultivating a strong community because they believe it's essential in times of hardship. So you're able to tap into the support of fellow creatives who are going to help provide encouragement, who are going to communicate with you and are going to help continue to support your own inspiration and your own desires in creating something new. I think utilizing Skillshare as a way to practice mindfulness has been such a huge key for me and my own mental state, my own mental wellness, and I really hope that you find the same value in your own experience. So to continue to explore your creativity and get two months of premium membership at Skillshare, go to Skillshare.com forward slash loved, that's L-O-V-E-D. And you get two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. So get started by joining today. Head over to Skillshare.com forward slash loved. And now back to our show. For you during this time, you know, and being able to navigate, you know, being a mom and being a teacher now, right? To your child and kind being of. a uh, being and being a CEO of a company and just being a influential person in the world, like what has been the biggest challenge for you during this time? Um, wow, that's a good question. I have felt like I've been able to navigate pretty well, but I think I have an advantage in that I have always been really good about setting and holding boundaries. I think if I didn't have that, I would be struggling a lot right now because I've just had more shoved on my plate. My kid's home from school. My teacher has pressure. My you know, team at work is anxious, making sure that everyone's jobs are safe. Um, I think that if I wasn't better at setting boundaries, I might be struggling. But I came in, I quickly evaluated, you know, my son is seven. He's reading well. We play math games around the house. We play spelling games around the house. His teachers are so involved and so gracious and they want to help in whatever capacity they can help. And also I'm not a teacher and I'm not going to be completing this curriculum that his teachers are asking him to do. It's not, I don't, I don't have the capacity to do it. It's not in my best interest. It stresses him out. So I immediately decided what my boundary was going to be around his schoolwork. We were going to do the assignments that are fun for both of us. We're going to do it on my own time. 
and the rest of it, I'm going to let go until he gets to second grade and he will be fine. And I think just making that decision quickly and setting and holding and then not second guessing myself has been really, really helpful. Like this is our plan going forward. And now I don't have to feel guilty about what I'm doing or what I'm not. If we choose to do extra assignments, that's great. But if we don't, I'm not held to anything. And I think I feel like I know what my capacity is having some structure around what I am and I'm not doing. So for me, I think the biggest challenges have just been setting those boundaries quickly enough and making sure that they're all like in my highest good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I mean, this is one of the biggest things, especially, you know, for women, it's, it's a, it's a thing, right? Setting boundaries, be, being able to say no, no is a complete sentence, being able to stand our ground and not diminish our, our own desires and needs. So I think that that's, hu- yeah. that's huge. I've never heard it phrase like that. I think that's, that's really great. You know, I'm talking to a lot of people in my DMS about boundaries. Like how do I ask for alone time from my, you know, I'm home with my husband and kids. How do I ask for alone time? Or my boss expects me to do my nine to five job. And my teacher expects me to teach my kid nine to five. Like how do I set boundaries there? Like that's probably the topic I'm talking to about the most with women because we tend to take on the bulk of the household responsibilities, the bulk of the educational responsibilities. And even if our partners do help, we have tend to have this mentality that's been forced upon us that like we need to be able to do it all. So yeah, it's really, really important, I think, to have those conversations and figure out how you're going to navigate those and get help in setting and holding them if it's not in your nature to do so. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great question too, to be able to ask for help. Obviously, like you're you, you have enough experience to know your own bandwidth and knowing when the time is to ask for help. But even though you know that, is it still difficult for you to ask for help? And what would you recommend somebody that has never asked for help and now is probably the time they should be asking for help? What should they do? I know. Um, it's funny. If you asked me, I would say like, no, I'm pretty good at asking for help. And then if you would ask Brandon, my boyfriend, he would be like, you're the worst. <laughs> he, he try, I, I think I'm good about asking for emotional help. Like, wow, I'm having a hard day. Can I talk about my feelings? Or I'm really stressed out from work. Can I talk this through with you? Or like, I'll say to him often, I can't make this decision right now. I need like, we're trying to plan this vacation. I am overwhelmed right now. Like you figure out where we're going to stay and he'll do it. But I'm not super good about asking for help with with like other things like household tasks or stuff with my son or whatever. I think there are, we have so many opportunities to accept help from people who we don't even have to ask. They're already offering. And I feel like accepting help is like the freest and easiest form of self-care, right? Oh, do you want to get on the phone and talk about that? No, that's okay. I'm okay. Oh my gosh. Say yes. Take them up on it, right? We probably have people who are just waiting to step in. And what Brandon says all the time is, it makes me feel good when you let me help you, right? Like I know that you're strong and independent and capable and smart and self-reliant. And when you actually allow me to help you with something, it makes me feel good. I like taking care of you like that. So we have these opportunities to do that. And we're just not allowing ourselves to for whatever reason. But if we think about it as a form of self-care, and even if we think about it as a gift, I'm going to give my friend the gift of like knowing that during this difficult time, she stepped in and gave me the support that I needed to like feel good again. Maybe it would help us say yes more often. I am only talking to myself here. <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, I, I think it's, we, 
we always teach what we most need to learn, right? It's, we're really good at being able to say, oh, do this. You know, those of you that are having a hard time, like ask for help. But then when it comes to our own stuff, for some reason, we think we're the exception to the rule. And it's like, no, 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 I, I could do it all. I, I got it all. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, I really want to be as good as that. Like I want to be able to say I need help or I'm overwhelmed right now or like I can't cook dinner tonight instead of like trying to do everything fast and fucking something up and then be like, oh, no, I got to make dinner because, you know, I I have to. That's my job. Mm -hmm. Like I have to do that, you know, instead of just being like, no, like you can make us, you know, whatever, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like it's not that big of a deal, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. But I think it- and then so many women get into the martyr complex where they're like, no, 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 I'll do it all. I'll do it all. And then all of a sudden it's, how come I always have to do everything around mm-hmm. here? Right. Now, mm-hmm. Again, it's not like the healthiest place to be in terms of a relationship, but I watch that happen too often with my mom, especially. And then I think she's kind of passed that on to me where sometimes I will get like that. I'll, I'll do everything all by myself. And then I get mad because nobody helps me. And it's like my own damn fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. I'm sure so many people can relate to that. I think that one of the other things that this reminds me of is just our ability to be able to, you know, take time for ourselves to reassess how we do feel as opposed to just busying ourselves to feeling like, oh no, it's fine, right? That it's fine, that disregarding how I really feel instead of just taking a moment and actually inquiring and saying, well, is this really what I want? Am I really okay? Do I really want the help or can I really do this? We just assume that, you know, we, we need to do everything all the time. Yeah. I started saying like with household stuff, you know, Brandon will be like, can I help you cook dinner? And instead of just saying, no, I'm good. I've started to say like, no, I actually find the act of prepping dinner, like really relaxing. So thank you so much for the offer, but like, I'm going to take this and then I will find something else. Like if you want to take the trash out, that would be awesome. Or like, oh, it's garbage day. Can you roll the cans down? But I've started to be a little bit more clear in my yeses and no's and not just saying no automatically because that tends to happen. Can I help? No, I'm good. And then it's like, no, wait a minute. Yeah, there actually are some things that you could help me with. Yeah. What has been the biggest thing in this process, in this quarantine pandemic time that you've learned um, in, in your relationship? Like what's one thing that you've you've realized or maybe everything's just the same? Like I'm curious if there's been any shift in being in a relationship and it could be relationship with, you know, anybody. I'm just curious for you if anything has shifted. I don't think anything's shifted. Um, it's really, I think if anything, we are talking even more now about how like we're a team and we're really kind of in this together. I think we've realized that without as much in-person interaction, that there's a lot of communication now happening via like text and via FaceTime and stuff that you have to be even more deliberate with your communication. Mm. I have to like speak very plainly or use more words because you don't have the same amount of like in-person connection to kind mm. of, um, I guess, buffer, not buffer, but like build up what you're kind of saying via text or via yeah. messaging. Yeah, because you I, can't read emotion via text. Yeah. And we've definitely had some misunderstandings where like in the beginning, we weren't spending as much time together because we were both kind of isolating in our own places and like making sure that we were both healthy before we figured everything out. And that was definitely a tough time because all you had was like text and DM and things got a little bit hard until we were like, okay, we need to like do more voice memos or speak a little bit more clearly. And that made it a little bit more, um, that made it a little easier. But 
you know, I think just the need for really plain communication. I am going to go upstairs for an hour because I need some really quiet time. I will see you when I am done. And it's, and he's like, great, that sounds good. Like I'm helping people say to their spouses, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I'm going to go upstairs in an hour when I'm ready to like reconnect, I will come down and join you. And that's how simple and clear as it has to be. But if you don't ask for what you want, they're not mind readers. And if you don't get it, there's a really good chance that like, you're going to end up, you know, blowing up with everyone kind of stuck at home. Yeah. Yeah. Just learning the nuances of like better communication during this unprecedented time has been interesting. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's really great. I love your level of clarity and uh, (laughs) desire to be extremely clear with what you're meaning and saying. I'm the same way. I'm like, I have no problem telling my partner exactly how I'm feeling or what I need. I'm not like, oh, well, it's fine. I'm like, no, I need you to leave me alone for a couple hours or I'm working or I think it'd be a good idea if we slept in separate bedrooms tonight because I really just need an energetic break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, because we have, you know, we have a small space. We share an office. It's a small house. Like we're constantly together. It's a lot right now. And so I I think it's important to be able to use your words and be clear about what is going on an asker. I'm an, I'm not a guesser. I'm an asker. So in my view, I am going to ask for what I need and it is your responsibility to hold your own boundaries. If you can't give it to me, it's your job to say so. And you're not going to be mad that I asked because it's my right to ask just as it's your right to refuse or, you know, set those boundaries. So, you know, when you, when I say to you, like, I need an hour of alone time, if you really need me to be, you know, close to you, if you, if I really can't go away right now and like, I'm an eight and you're at a 10, I need you to say so. And otherwise I'm going to tell you what I need and I'm going to go upstairs and like, nobody's going to get their feelings hurt. So I think it's just so much easier when people in relationships just like ask for what they want, but I'm a very direct person anyway. I'm, you know, I'm from the East coast. It's kind of what we do. (laughs) I feel like it's, it's just in my nature to be this way. No, I'm really, I'm really uh, grateful. I have uh, just one more question to ask you. And I think it's, it's mostly in regard to what what the future holds not necessarily like oh this is what you've done or this is how you navigate this i'm i'm curious for you like what is your big vision for this year do you have a big intention that you're setting out to do like what are you most excited about looking forward to once this is done and we're able to go i don't know that we'll ever go back to normal life i think things are going to change obviously but i'm curious like what is what is the big vision for you Funny, um, we had a vision, right? We were doing our strategic reporting at the beginning of the year and setting goals for the rest of the year. And I have no vision at this point other than just to survive. Like we, I want my you know team to still have a job at the end of this year. I want our business to continue to be successful. I want to continue to serve our community really well, however that looks and whatever that looks like. I want my son to come out of this with you know, this idea that he got to spend more time with mom and that like we played more games around the house and went for walks and and not feel like it was this really stressful time for him. Um, I would like to continue my own therapy and my own personal growth and, and work in that capacity. I'd like to give back to my community as much as I can and help through this time. And I do hope that when we're out of it, we don't go back to business as usual. I was traveling all the time and I was sick and I was tired 
And I set my own schedule. So I kind of have no one to blame but me, but I felt like it was a great opportunity. I kind of had to take it. And I'm going to be a lot more discerning now about those trips and what I say yes to and my own time and making sure my team has you know, mental health days and that they know that they can take time off when they need to and that we do more video calls instead of just phone calls because it's really nice to see faces when you work remotely. And I mean, I think there are a lot of things that I hope I incorporate and I hope it doesn't go back to business as usual. I don't think there isn't as usual anymore. I think we're going to have to create something new. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that's really great. I love everything that you said. And I, I feel like, I hope that a lot of us can can get on board with that. I to, I can totally relate to that, and I I feel like this whole thing that has happened has been one of the greatest equalizers we've ever experienced just in our time. And what a great opportunity to really take stock of the things that are really important to us, and the the way that we want to spend our time, the way we want to spend our energy, and and who we want to spend it with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I worry, you know, I'm going to try to do as much as I can. There are a lot of people who are suffering right now. So they have it so much harder than, than I do um, in terms of, you know, financial income and jobs and, and uncertainty. And, you know, there are a lot of people like that in my own community. So that's, you know, something else that I really want to continue to focus on is like, how can we make sure that I'm so blessed during this period, all things considered, so, you know, what else can we do to make sure we take care of like our people as well yeah. as we come out of it? Yeah. And I, I, I feel that more and more people will, will f- feel the same way, you know, that we will come together and do things to help, not just us, right. Not just to have the vision for ourselves or the vision for our own vision board, but it's like, what is the bigger, grander vision that we can see that involves the entire collective? Yeah. Right, like how yeah. could we serve our highest good? Okay, so for the people that are listening to the, I'm gonna, I have one final question. I, it, I'm like, I lied to you. There is one last question, but I ask all my guests the same question. But before I, I ask you that final question, um, where can people go to connect with you or to get more information? So I am mostly on Instagram. I'm at Melissa U on Instagram and I'm pretty active there. I've been doing an Instagram live every morning for people who are doing the whole 30, just like checking in, talking about our feelings. And I really like it. I'm on Facebook, barely. I'm on Twitter a little bit, um, but you can find me on Instagram. And then anything you want to look at regards to whole 30 is just at whole 30. That's everything. Yeah. Website, all that jazz. Cool. And books and everything in yeah. amazing and incredible. And I, I totally wanted to talk to you about that, but we'll just have to do another, um, another episode on Whole30 and how it's, uh, it's really helped me in my health. So oh. to, to be continued. Um, all right, great. So all of those links will be on the show notes of this particular episode. If you're watching the video of this, if you go to the description, all of the links that Melissa just mentioned will be in there. So Uh, For the final question, it's pertaining to this podcast and why I created the podcast to begin with. It was a place where people can go to get inspired, to get more information, to feel supported. And it's all stemming from the idea that we are radically loved and radically supported by God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding, baby Krishna, baby Buddha, whatever it is that we are radically loved and radically supported. And so the question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? 
Oh man. I think my meditation practice every morning, that's like part of my morning routine. That is where I allow space for that. And, you know, part of my meditation practice is lifting someone up. And I find that no matter who it is, whether it's a friend or family member, whether I'm lifting up a stranger in my community who I know is going through something difficult, or very often I lift myself up. I don't think we do that enough. You know what, God, I'm lifting me up. I could really use some help. And like just in that practice of sharing love and like sending it out into the universe, it like bounces right back to me. So that is, I think, where I feel radically loved. That is amazing. Thank you so Thank you so freaking much for yeah. doing this, for being here, and for just being such an inspiring, uh, powerful, Im- Im- amazingly talented and incredible woman, uh-huh. and for just being such a huge inspiration to me and for being just so badass. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you. I'm so um, glad we met. What a, I know, me too. What a perfect chance encounter. You meet someone for the first time and you're it's like magnets. You're like, I, I like you. Now we're friends. <laughs> I'm really, really so, so, so grateful. So thank you so much. And everybody who's listening to this, thank you so much for being here. Please share this with somebody who you think it would, um, it would improve their life some way, shape or form, or they would find value, or maybe it's just for you. Thank you so much for listening and for being here remember that you are also radically loved and we are just so grateful to have you. Thank you all so much for listening and for watching the video. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.